They're only making it about themselves. Like, we know that you can run and not worry about that. <laughs> no one you already know that. that. <laughs> right. You don't need to you don't need to rub it in. <laughs> Mocha Mamas is a candid conversation led by two moms of color about race, culture, justice, and social change. We believe that there is power and value when a variety of voices come together to engage in this very important conversation. So no matter what your experience or background may be, there's a place for you at Mocha Mamas. All we ask is that you come ready to learn and that you are always respectful of others. We hope you're ready because the conversation starts now. Hello, welcome back to Mocha Mamas. My name is Inez. I am your Mocha Mamas host, and I'm here with our co-host, Christy. Hey. Hey, Christy. How's it going? It's going, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Still going. Um, Still going. Still going. So we are going to talk briefly about the subject of allyship. I sat down, it's been a few weeks now with a friend of mine. Her name is Sarah. She's, she's white and she's someone that I really see in her, uh, just, she's actively working to be an ally. And I really, I really appreciate that. And we've had a lot of just like sidebar conversations and stuff. And so I invited her on the show to talk about it. So in this episode, we're going to play clips of my conversation with Sarah. I did have some audio issues, so it'll mostly be Sarah, um, not me, but I was there. Um, (laughs) And so, but before we do that, um, I wanted to talk to you, Christy, about the subject, because I think it's very important that we hear from a black voice on this subject. Of course, allyship can be for all people of color, but I, I, it's specifically, I think, especially right now, the climate where we're at as a nation, like it is especially important that we have allies for black people. Like to me, that is the focus. And I think that everything else will obviously come alongside with that as well. So I want Mm -hmm. to hear from you but before I ask you uh, to share with us what, what you think a good ally looks like, what you as a Black woman, as a Black mom, what, what, you, what you see that you need from allies or from allyship, or if you need them at all, I don't know. Maybe you think you don't need them. <laughs> um, so I'd love to hear all of that from you. But before we do, I do want to say this. We are using the term allyship. I am very aware that some activists, educators, and anti-racism do not prefer the term allyship anymore. And uh, the reason for that is because allyship has become very performative. It's become very like, I'm just going to post on social media. And there's... What's that? As you say that? I was say something about that. Yeah. Okay, good, good. Yeah. So... And, and maybe you could comment on this too, on what you think. And so the word that I've seen a few times, I, I've read some articles on it. Uh, when I, the first time I saw it was on check your privilege. And um, it was the word co-conspirator because that 
put some work into it, right? If you're conspiring with somebody for something, that's that that shows that there's there's work going into it. And so um, again, we're gonna because I think a lot of people. Even you, Christy, you were not familiar with that co-conspirator when I brought it up. So I think a lot of people aren't familiar with that yet. And so we are going to go with allyship, but we could talk about that. And Christy, it sounds like you do want to talk about that. So um, what do you actually, let me start with this. Like, do you feel as a black woman, black children, black, black family, right? Do you feel that it is important to have allies specifically more specifically white allies well I think it is important um in in the way I think of a white ally I think it is important like for okay like a broad term for me would be someone who kind of like speaks up on behalf of people of color in certain situations Mm -hmm. so I'm just for that in that regard yes I think it's important to have white allies and then what you were talking about um how it kind of seems performative now to be a white ally. It is kind of like to that point now where it's kind of hard to decipher whether someone is actually being an ally mm-hmm. or if they're just doing it because it seems trendy. <laughs> right. So yeah. I would say um, it's important to become a trustworthy white ally. So someone that we know for sure is actually a white ally. Um, because just saying, oh, I'm a white ally, no, no, whatever. <laughs> I don't know that. Yeah. You shouldn't have to say it. So, okay, so I love that you said a trustworthy ally. Yeah, definitely. Um, and if so you are what does that look comfortable like with being comfortable with certain things, then I don't believe you are a, a white ally either. Because to me, people who are mm-hmm. white allies have, there is no comfort in being that, right? So... Like you mentioned yeah. uh, in the last episode, um, you are conditioned to have bias biases anyway. So if you are comfortable with whatever is going on in the world or whatever, in any aspect, then you are not a white ally because it takes work to become one. So yes, getting into how I perceive someone to be a white ally, I actually started thinking about this more so when one of my um then I would say she was an acquaintance but now she's my friend (laughs) um she asked me what did I need from her as a white person in my life and at first I was like huh like I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I don't need anything (laughs) So I had to, I I do my own work. (laughs) No one's ever asked me that before. Right, yeah. (laughs) I had to do my own work and think about what I really needed from a person that isn't a person of color. Because honestly, I have my own biases sometimes and I had to check Mm -hmm. that, you know? Yeah. I, oh yeah. I automatically kind of like go to that place when I encounter white people, like, oh, I'm sure they're probably thinking this about me (laughs) or I wonder how Mm -hmm. they will receive me. Like even like Mm -hmm. the other day I was going for a walk and there, I saw a white woman coming towards me and I'm like, "Hmm, I'm not going to say nothing first because I don't know if she would want me to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I automatically think, Oh, maybe she might 
um, because I'm black, she's probably not going to speak to me. That's what, you know, my own thinking went to. But she spoke to me, so I spoke back. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, yeah. she asked me that. I didn't even know. So I had to do my own work. And I came up with some a few things that I told her. Um, starting out with, you know, just checking any kind of racism you might have internally. So I did mention to her a couple like different books she could read and stuff like that. And then from there, I was just, you know, we just had like candid conversations about different things. Like when it comes to being an ally, you can't be voicing these things to people of color. Like we don't need to hear any of that stuff. The only people that you need to be talking to are other white people about it and helping (laughs) um, bring them up along with you. Like, let's do this work together. Like the whole point, of being an ally is to um, combat racism. We're not racist against black people. White people are racist against black people. So those are the people that you need to be um, doing the work with. And then like, you know, people that speak up on our behalf, like we shouldn't be the only people out here in the streets protesting. It should be more people who are white or of other races that are gonna be out there in the streets. It shouldn't just be us. And it should be more more of them than us, I feel like. You know, there shouldn't be, like, more Black people vo- voicing the, the our, um, you know, we, we know that we're tired. I want to see white people be tired. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I saw a video clip of a white woman getting in between the police and a group of other protesters during at one time. Yeah, early, I think I saw early that. Protest. Like, that's, that's the kind of things we want to see. You're basically putting your life on the line on behalf of other people of color. That is, to me, is a visual of a white ally. So not just being on Facebook, sharing these posts, but are you out there in the streets? Are you being loud in your, wherever you work? Are there people who are um, not, don't have any, like, power positions in your job? If so, then you need to be speaking up about that. Why are there no people of color who are in management or yep. doing stuff like that? So it, it takes you being loud. It takes you being, like I said, trustworthy, someone who is willing to stand by my side, yes, but also in front of me, too, speaking up for me, um, giving out information to people who are ignorant to what's going on and um, providing resource, resources. Even down to the small things like um, standing up like combating like people who make jokes or any kind of like snide comments on Instagram or Facebook. Are you responding to those people? Cause like I'll see stuff sometimes and I, I, what I look at is the people who respond to those people. Those are the things that I look at versus the people who are actually saying the bad stuff. Like I know that if yes. they're proud about that, that's them. But I want to see the people who are combating that. Those are who I would say people who are allies. White women are sort of trained in our culture that we're supposed to be sweet and kind and nurturing and we are not supposed to be poking the bear, if you will, or like we're supposed to just be sweet and kind and nurturing. And so for me, my activism is pushing me towards being more uncomfortable, towards speaking my mind in conversations with family, and on online, in, in person, in every area of my life. I can't just be silent because silence feels comfortable for me. So that was definitely an area for me that um, 
ownership or lack or racism I took was that I have the privilege to just be silent if I don't want to talk about something. Are you really doing the work? And I ask myself this all the time because a lot of my, I educate via social media and there's a lot of things behind the scenes that people don't see, but that's what an ally is. Yes. That's exactly what Christy, that's exactly what you're saying. Like, don't do the things that's just social media, but yeah, like, cause you can post on your own Instagram page, but then never confront anybody and their nonsense on, mm-hmm. you know, that they're exactly. saying on social media right. or what have you. And, um, and we get like people of color get tired of always being the ones to have to do that. Yeah. And there are always the ones like I'll say like from the perspective of being the mom of a black child it is very tiring to have to constantly defend his, that he matters. Yeah. Yeah. And to constantly convince people. And yes. it's so, yeah, I, I think like, it's interesting. Cause I can, I can identify on both ends of like being an ally, but then also I think because of my son, I, there are things that I can also relate right. yeah. to what you're saying in small part. But um, I love that. I think it's, Good. So do you, uh, when you, I think you touched on it, but when you talked about the trustworthy ally, so would you say like a, a piece in that is being like a major piece in that is being consistent? Is oh, yeah. what I hear from you. Like, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. You have to be consistent. And, um, I mean, that, that's all about being someone who is trustworthy. It's, I should be able to, to, to not only see it, but believe it across the board and in, in all aspects and yeah. me being an anti-racist person is not something that's going to happen overnight, obviously, number one. But number mm-hmm. two, that is going to, it's like, it's like a lifetime of work, right? That's something you have to work at all the time. So you can't help but be consistent if you are a white ally because you're constantly working at being an yep. ally and being anti-racist. And it's, it shows through in every area, you know, like yeah. you're consistently showing up and you're but you're consistent in that I know that you're going to confront things. You're not just going to post it on your social media. And, and I like how you brought in the workplace. And, um, and that's something that I, I have done many times. <laughs> and I'm currently doing is trying to bring out change in, in my workplace. And, and I'll say as a person of color, um, I I sort of hate this, <laughs> but it, but mm-hmm. I also appreciate it and love it. But like, I need the white guy at work to mm-hmm. have my back, you know? And it's like, it's frustrating because we shouldn't need white people right. to, um, to, sh- to prove that we're worthy and that like, but, but we do because we are a systemically racist society. It is a lifelong journey that is sort of based in accountability to um, the history of our nation as it pertains to all of our citizens, um, especially the black community. Um, And it's using your privilege in all its forms, because privilege takes many, many forms, to sort of bring some momentum and change for racial injustice. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you're the white person, like there's a person of color that you see who's constantly having to speak up for whatever it is, like bringing diversity, whether it's in messaging, marketing, 
at the actual table and hiring, whatever it is, like if you, you should be advocating for that. Yeah. And the person of color shouldn't be the only one advocating for it. And they shouldn't be always the one that has to advocate for it. Exactly. Like get in there and you do it. You say something, you recommend it. You go to them and ask them, how can I help you? Mm -hmm. Like, what can we do together to make Mm -hmm. this happen? Like, yes, we need your, your voices. And I, and another way that I know is like, is super helpful. Um, and I, and there are some in my work that do this and, and I so appreciate it is that like, they use their privilege to give me voice and to mm-hmm. say like, Hey, you know, Inez, what do you think? And, and I've had men do this even like, um, over the years, because as women, we don't have that same, right. Like, um, equity in the workplace. Um, and so like, I I've had this also with men who have like given me a seat and like who fought for me to have a voice and a seat at the table and to have a position and again it's one of those things that's kind of frustrating but we're still in a place like we we need that we need people of color we need white people to instead of hearing your opinion all the time we need you to ask the black person yeah at the table it's really about amplifying black voices um you know and really focusing on centering black experiences and black voices you know there's going to always be lots of facts and things that you can quote that you can give your opinion on but there's probably some a, a black expert in that field that you can center their voice okay so like i encountered where there's been people like uh, the, on my Facebook feed, who I'm no longer follow, where they will make this long post about. Okay, I have a good example. Back when um, Armad Arbery was murdered, and then you see these people writing these posts about how they're white and they can run and not die. That's so annoying. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do be that person. Who does that? You know, like that to me is not white allyship. And if people think it is, if I oh, if I say you know this and this about what I what I'm experiencing and how I get to do this and da 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 da, because I'm not black, that makes me an ally because I'm speaking up against these injustices. But to me, that's not the case. Like it's all you're doing it about you. Yes, you. that's what I'm about to say. That yes, they're all <laughs> making about themselves. Like. We know that you can run and not worry about that. <laughs> no one. We already know that, that. <laughs> right? You don't need to. You don't need to rub it in. <laughs> Rachel Cargill's definition on allyship, which is basically knowledge, empathy, and action. Those three things have to come together to make allyship. If you're missing any one of those pieces, then your allyship is going to be ineffective. Um, And that really was something that when I heard it made a lot of sense to me because I think that I've always had the knowledge and the empathy piece, but action is something that I'm still trying to figure out and work out in my own life. Um, And I know this episode is not going to come out for a couple weeks, but as we're talking, the Daniel Prude is a very recent thing. Mm-hmm. And so this lady um, was, she posted a picture, a white lady, posted a picture of herself crying 
it was just a picture of herself crying on social media i couldn't even read it and i'm sure she like i'm yeah i couldn't even read it and i was like oh my goodness and so i had one thing i didn't mention in our episode about daniel prude is that i wanted to make a video and to talk about it quickly but I was so emotional. I was like, ball- I, I was like bawling like in the video. And so I didn't share it. You know why I didn't share it? Because that, yes, that was genuine emotion. And so like, I believe that lady, I mean, I don't know her personally, but she probably had genuine emotion, but you're making it about you. And so for me sharing a video of myself bawling is like making it about me. Right. And it's not about me. I've done videos before where I start to get a little bit emotional while I'm talking about a subject. Usually I yell. <laughs> but sometimes, <laughs> I'll, sometimes I'll, I'll start to cry a little bit. Like that, I'm not saying you can't ever do that. But I'm saying don't post a freaking picture of yourself crying or a yeah. video of yourself bawling. Unless you're black, then by all means, please do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, people don't see what you did was taking the moment to think about what you're doing before you're doing it. A lot of people don't do that. <laughs> yes. What would be a good question? I, I mean, it, who is this about? Right. <laughs> who is this post about? What am I trying to gain from this post? Are you trying to gain likes and attention or a pat on the back for being emotional about this? Or are you actually trying to bring awareness to an issue? Are you actually trying to combat something? Is this for someone else or is it for you? And somebody could ask that, answer that question, Christy, that you just said, and like, oh no, I don't, I'm not doing it for likes. Like I want people to know the emotion. What emotion? The emotion that you're feeling? Why? Mm-hmm. Why do they need to know the emotion that you're feeling. And again, that's why I say, if you're black, by all means, please do, because we need to see, we have dehumanized people, black people for 400 years. And we need to see that, see them as human and that this actually hurts. Your motives could be pure, but again, is it still pointing so so maybe it takes some layers to get to like okay but it's still pointing the finger like I'm still highlighting myself my my own feelings my own emotions and how does it look to other people like specifically black people I don't want to post something where like then my black friend sees it and is like Oh, there's Inez, like boo-hooing. <laughs> like, what is she crying about? You know, like that's right. ridiculous. Or like, I just don't want anyone to think that I'm trying to use them in their situation. Even my own son, I have to ask myself all the time because, I Lord knows, I've seen this with some transracial adoptive oh. parents. Let's not get on like, that subject. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Where they share things, and it's like you're still centering yourself. It's not about your kid, and so I have to do that. And ask myself, because like my raw emotion of, oftentimes is because of my son, mm-hmm. but still it, that doesn't mean that it's appropriate for me to post that and use that because it, it's not always, a, it's not my story, it's his story. Right. You know? Yeah. And so like we can feel genuine emotion for ourselves, our family members, our friends that are Black. But that doesn't mean that we have to post it and share it. Like, I believe we need to leave that to to you guys. Mm -hmm. 
And remember that also as a white ally, you also have to do the work with your kids as well. Um, making sure that you are raising them to also be anti-racist. And it's not going to just be like, oh, my kids don't see color. I hit that stupid line. Um, because uh, yeah, <laughs> I can't stand that. You have to talk with your kids. You have to be intentional with talking with them about racism. And there are books out there. I can't stand to see someone in face on a Facebook group asking, what books should I get for my kids to teach them about racism as if Google doesn't exist and there aren't <laughs> ways for you to find that out on your own. Mm-hmm. But to me, people do that for, again, attention, a pats on the back. Oh, you're such a great mom for teaching your kids about not being racist. Mm-hmm. Go, <laughs> find it out on your own. Go do the work, um, find out on your own, and make sure that you are talking with your kids about racism. Yes, I agree with that. And yes, yes. And there are so many people that are offering education that it's like, you don't have to ask. Do a Google search. Right. Do a hashtag search. Like, yeah, if you hashtag diverse books for kids oh, yeah. on so Instagram, I- you'll find so many things. Hashtag anti-racist parenting. You'll find so much stuff. You don't need to bother the one black person you know mm-hmm. to find out. Yep. I think it was an Instagram post that somebody shared that I watched where somebody, it was a black activist that was essentially saying white supremacy and racism are white folk problem. They're not the problem of black people and it's not our problem to solve. And that sort of just lit a fire under me a little bit. I realized, you know, um, that I hadn't been giving enough gasoline to my allyship, you know, that I can post online all day long and that I can, you know, um, and have a certain political stance that I feel aligns with my allyship. But if I'm not making it sort of infiltrate every area of my life and it's not going to be effective okay, we talked longer about this <laughs> than oh yeah too right yeah <laughs> uh, but thank you christy i really i love hearing from you what you think um what you need yeah. because that's important and we sh- that's who that's what we should be asking and um yeah i just i appreciate that perspective and um I hear my kid. Can you hear my kid? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, girl, what you doing in there? He's like, come over here. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Christy. And um, thank you. We'll talk next time. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Mocha Mamas. We really want to know what you have to say about this subject. So we invite you to join us and further the conversation in our Mocha Mamas Facebook group. You can also reach out to us on social media. We are Mocha Mamas Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And if you loved today's episode, we would really appreciate it if you could leave us a review. It helps us to get word out about the Mocha Mamas podcast. Thank you again for listening. And we look forward to our next conversation with you.